0: Welcome back to Rotten Rewind podcast that sinks its teeth into critically reviled films of the past the film can't cross the 60 percent threshold the critical aggregate site sets as its freshness standards it's up for grabs for us to go on forever and ever and ever about here on the best podcast in the world i'm courtney Paranto.
1: yes i'm max drew wow that was yeah. a good one
0: Thank you. That was it a was sleigh. Easy. It wrote itself. That nice. was
1: a sl- This whole month is going to be a sleigh. I have a feeling. We're kicking off a new mini-series within a series. Every month we get a new mini-series within this series. That's what's so fun about it.
2: It's like Inception here. Yes,
1: yes, yes. We're talking about horror movies all month long. It's our third annual. Can you believe that?
0: No.
2: It's
1: our third okay. annual Rotten Horrors. God, look how far we've come. <laughs> look how far we come. We started out Looks talking like about... We
0: made it.
1: ...about Bones... Uh, oh Last God. year we talked about Saw.
0: Bones was two years ago. Saw was a, not a whole year ago.
1: Yeah, Saw was a year ago. Oh God! Crazy? I feel like
0: I just saw Saw all of the time.
1: It just stays with you. No, we're we're kicking off. God, five weeks. That's what happens in October. Five weeks of some good horror movies. Oh yeah. And we also get to return. We we get two returning uh, favorites today. A returning guest and a returning director. Mm. Casey Felton Louis podcast regular very talented writer what else what else do you do you you're a, an artist you draw
0: yeah
2: I do a little drawing a dabble a dabble, dabble. I have a lot of hobbies um you're a tarot mother cards. A good, I'm a uh, mother, mother. A I, mother. D- I do tarot cards for myself personally um mm. I'm not for others I not not really no and uh yeah I actually am becoming an astrologer so wait
0: really yeah. for real <laughs> well that's so funny hey have you heard of the new book that came out like maybe two months ago ago called exalted no, I don't know if you would like it <laughs> mm. because I don't know, like, I, I don't know how accurate it is when it comes mm. to like astrology, but it's about yeah. like an LA based uh, Instagram astrologer. So, mm. could be that cool. could be
1: you. Yeah. Check it out.
0: I liked it. Probably not like in a hurry to read it again because, like, once you get to the end, you're like, oh, I get what it's doing, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: We're talking about Tony Scott again. This is oh, the yeah. God, the. How many Tony the Scott fours? movies have we done now? Yeah, I think this is the fourth appearance by Tony Scott, and we'll get a fifth appearance by him in December. Um, so many
0: rotten movies.
1: Yeah, just it's not fair. It's just not fair. What was our first one? We did Deja Vu the, and The Taking oh, of Pelham One yeah. Two Three. I was going to say then, the Train One. Well, the uh, he did the two pe- Train, two yeah. Train ones. One of his final movies, a Train one, but that's fresh.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that.
1: It's great. You should see it. It's a good Train movie. And then we did. What did we oh we did the last Boy Scout?
0: Oh, I forget that's him sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yes. But today we're talking about his first movie, his debut feature, and also his only horror movie. He never Crazy. returned to horror. Really? After this. Yeah, yeah, right. he never returned. He said, I'm good. I got Catherine Deneuve and Susan Sarandon to suck on some titties and I have I've done my part. He went from one queer movie to another because he made Top Gun right after this.
0: Holy shit.
1: He said, Now I'm gonna be with How the old boys. was he
0: when he made this?
1: He was thirty eight years old. 38 years old when he made his debut feature. So oh, yeah. it's never too late unless you're unless 39, you're, then it's, it's <laughs> you're too saying, late. Unless you're 39. If you're 39, it's too late. But if you're 38, you still have time. Yeah, we've talked about Tony Scott quite a bit. He died 10 years ago and most of his movies are rotten. So we get to talk about most of them, which is great news for me since he's one of my favorite directors. Yeah. But since I fucking love him. But yeah, The Hunger. The Hunger's um a very 80s movie.
0: Yeah, it's two years before I was even born. I had yes. seen it before, but I liked it more this time. I don't know what bad mood was haunting me the first time I watched this movie, but there was a bee in my bonnet and it's out now.
1: You got to be in the mood for it. It's a vibe. It's, it's a vibe talking, movie. It's a vibe. It's a vibe.
0: I'm not like a vibey person. Like I'm not like a stony baloney. Like I am way more, like I'd rather
1: have No, you think you're Adderall. better than that?
0: No, no, just like not how my brain is wired. Like I way rather have Adderall than weed. I way rather just watch like a rom-com or a shitty thriller. It depends
1: on the time of day. Like depending some movies we cover, I got to like wake up, take an Adderall and watch it. It's a good Adderall watch. Or sometimes (laughs) you just get really stoned at night and you watch uh, the hunger and just roll with it. Casey, you had never seen the hunger.
2: Well, I had not seen it.
1: You, but you like Susan Sarandon.
2: I love Susan Sarandon. I'll pretty much watch whatever she
0: does. All three stars in this movie are like super hot
1: fuckable people very sexy move people, like yeah I, very hot people yeah. not not so much susan sarandon's boyfriend
0: oh no he sucks let he was f- not hot at all he's not <laughs> he hot. was not hot it was very
1: all. easy to cuck that guy um, yeah every yeah every he's like you're not even paying attention to boyfriend, me boyfriend, yeah you're kind of really a whiny really
0: bitch real. yeah she's he whiny. is a whiny bitch
1: he is real real whiny
2: like dude let your girl fuck around she's having a good or time let her
0: just Go to have a conversation for three hours. Like,
1: don't worry, your girl's getting taken care of. Uh <laughs> yeah. she's in good hands, I swear. I saw Hunger was one of the last movies I saw in theaters before everything shut down. Uh, because oh. they screened it at the New Beverly, and that was the first time I saw it. And I said, This is fucking great. And kind of like so, unlike anything he had made before.
0: It doesn't feel to me like what I think of when I think of a Tony Scott movie. I don't no. think that it has maybe just because david bowie's in it it reminded me of like some nicholas rogue films
1: that was the biggest i guess inspiration that he had oh fuck was, yeah was nicholas didn't even rogue. look
0: that up you guys
1: which makes a lot of sense he was in another movie he was in a few movies this year he was in merry christmas um
0: i, I do not know that movie
1: not you just cannot- merry christmas sorry that's not the end of it, <laughs> he, was
0: it wasn't merry just, christmas.
1: he was in a movie called merry christmas <laughs> happy <laughs> holidays um I think this was probably when he was the most prolific as an actor around this time. He did The Man Who Fell to Earth in 1976. Mm-hmm. And then this year he does The Hunger. He does Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. And then I guess he had his his concert movie came out this year. And um, then how
0: much further is the David Lynch one? Like very close, right? Within uh, maybe seven mm, years. Ten
1: years. He does okay, Fire Walk okay. With Me in 1992. I have never seen The Last Temptation of Christ, but I did not know he played me Pontius Pilate in it. That is cool. He's in a movie called End of the Night that John Landis did in the 80s that I thought was going to be good and was terrible. Not so good. It was Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. I was like, how did What? You fuck oh, this up?
0: I've seen this. I forgot that he was in it.
1: Yeah. No, it's He's not good. good. It. The
0: poster is so cool. Yeah. Cool um, poster. Yeah. That's like one of the more disappointing because you want it to be kind of like a
1: fuck. You I don't- want it to be like after hours.
0: Yeah, or even that, after, that Keanu Reeves wild. movie. Yeah, something wild, like something wild, but at night. Like, have either mm-hmm. one of you seen that Keanu Reeves movie where he steals Aunt Becky the from the college tuition, or tuition oh, scandal? Oh, no,
1: you've mentioned this one to me.
0: That one does it, is it, like, I think I thought it was going to be like that, like just like breezy, but fun. But it's like kind of just bad. You have
1: to work like actively hard to make one of those movies not fun and mm-hmm. John Landis also John Landis was on trial for murder at the time of making it which makes it even more sinister oh
0: that is weird yeah
1: he's a bad boy and he gave birth to a, an even worse boy an
0: even worse person yeah
1: yeah
3: Sarah Roberts is in jeopardy hey lady how about it stay with her help her for she has begun to feel the awful horror of the hunger John Blaylock the hunger the hunger has given him everlasting life. Until now, pray for him. Miriam Blaylock. She feeds one day in seven on the unsuspecting, and soon she will turn into something that you will never be able to forget. No matter how hard and how long you try, fear her. What have you done to me? The timeless beauty of Catherine Deneuve. The cruel elegance of David Bowie. The open sensuality of Susan Sarandon, combined to create a modern classic of perverse fear. Haunting, mysterious, sensual, strange, perverse, riveting, The Hunger.
1: I mean, it's a pretty simple plot.
0: It's a simple plot, and I bet it's like a cover, like a poster that most of our listeners have probably run across, but like maybe not clicked on, you know? Cause I know that I knew of this movie forever and just like never watched it until maybe like five years ago. Probably for Catherine Deneuve, if I'm honest. Because sometimes I got into I got into her after watching the Umbrellas of Sherberg for the first time.
1: I've never seen Belle de Jour. It's
0: a mistake. She's a Well, she's I'm gonna real watch
1: winner. it. I'm gonna watch it. I just okay. think that
0: she's like one of those actresses that are known at least over here, for just being exceptionally pretty. But I think that, like, her career is, like, longer than you realize. Like, she's, like, the grandma voice in Persepolis. Like, she keeps working. And I just, I think that's fucking cool And she's still around. And we're losing, like, a lot of the French New Wave people. So, respect to Catherine Deneuve. Also, she yeah. has a kid with Marcello Mastriani, like, the star of Eight and a Half, and La Deux Civietta, and, like... Love Italian style, the super, super, super hot person. Oh, yeah. So, also, respect to her for that. That's right.
1: Yeah. She is going to be 79 next month.
0: Yeah. And she let Mastriano smash, and so would I. So,
1: (laughs) good for her. I guess, again, like it is more vibes than plot. And I think when it does get.
0: But it still has like a discernible plot, plot. which I forgot from the first time. The first time I watched it, I was like, what is this fucking bullshit and now i that's what you said
1: you said what is this bullshit
0: i think i just wanted you know everyone knows the vampire media thing that i like the most and so i think i was like "Eh, there's no fucking plot here i give up
1: where's xander (laughs) yeah there's no one named spike in this um yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, I guess like yeah, I mean like it's it's a vampire movie, it's a horror movie, it's kind of an erotic thriller in a way, and yeah, it's a vibe. But yeah, it, it mm. follows a very beautiful couple played by Catherine Geneve and David Bowie, who are they're old. They are old vampires. Yeah. They've been around. They're ancient. She's Miriam Blaylock. It, it's kind of implied has been alive for like three thousand years.
0: For a very long time. Forever.
1: I would want to die. Yeah. Would wanna die for sure. I know that three I. that.
0: If I still looked as fine as her, I'd be chill. Like, it seems like she's, like, functioning. She can walk up and down stairs. She still looks great. I'm good.
2: I really admire her for her mobility of a ball. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: She is agile, even is- in her yeah. old age.
0: Yeah. I probably wouldn't make as many enemies as
1: she you did. You make a lot of enemies over the course of 3,000 years. She <laughs> she cut her teeth, no, mm, no pun intended, on killing people in ancient Egypt. That's where she got started. You know, she yeah. started from the bottom and now she's in New York. And she's living <laughs> in a really beautiful penthouse with David Bowie.
0: It's like outside of New York, kind of, right?
1: It's in New York. They just, they shot it in London.
0: Oh, yeah okay, they great. couldn't shoot because i was like I this doesn't exist
1: <laughs> she met david bowie john who's like a very talented he's a cellist david bowie didn't know how to play the cello and he learned for the movie which not that impressed by because yeah that makes sense
0: that makes sense for him yeah. it sucks that i'm not that impressed but you're right i'm like man I'm yeah go
1: it. if it was like fucking like breck and meyer learned how to play the cello him, <laughs> like that's tight good for you man You did the work, but David Bowie, it's like, oh, that's something that Harry Styles probably should do for future movies. Just keep learning how to play new instruments because the other stuff isn't working.
0: He should play a pop star.
1: But yeah, John is from 18th century France and he's been alive for 200 years. She basically has lovers for hundreds of years, but she she omits a pretty big secret from them because you think if you're a vampire, you just live forever. But That's for her the victims, she, there's like an asterisk next to you'll live forever. It's like you're going to live for a long time, but one day you are going to decompose so quickly and you're going to wonder what the fuck is going on.
0: And it's the day that she just tires of you. Right. Yeah.
1: It's not really. I think it said. is timed.
0: So I think that like hypothetically, her fuckboys could live forever and girls could live forever, but she just eventually, I mean, fair, fairly, like after hundreds of years, like I think is captured by something else and then that's honestly pretty on, longer than any relationship i've ever had you know That's
1: a long time to be tied down to somebody especially if you could yeah. live forever and be like mm, like you could really dispose of some people pretty quickly Yeah
0: but then they die or they Well they just, don't even die They don't even die. It's kind of like the vampires the, uh, the uh, in interview with the vampire Tom Cruise last scene or right. second to last scene like you can burn him you can bury him but he still might be like slithering around somewhere ineffective
1: yeah it's a nightmare if somebody lit me on fire and i still wasn't dead i would be like fuck she basically puts all of her lovers in the attic and is like it's cool k good night and like closes the coffin on them and then they're just in like a catatonic state but not mm-hmm. dead but then from there she starts an affair with susan sarandon she's well, we should a- say
0: that she's like a very accomplished scientist who's studying um some sort of like i don't think it's maybe it's real a birth defect where like once you reach the age of like five, you start rapidly aging from what I can tell. It's what Jack has in the, it's
1: Coca-Cola what Jack movie. has and Jack. Jack, yeah. They
0: got the Jack the and The J-Lo and Robin Williams banger Jack. And so she's studying like rapid aging and she's like being interviewed all the time on TV because apparently television in like the 1980s still like cares about shit like that. And, and, and she experiments on monkeys. She seems to spend most of her day, her waking life studying monkeys and, and aging monkeys because
1: and she has, She's got to work with her boyfriend, Tom.
0: Yeah, she has to work with this dumb cuck named Tom who just, like...
1: You sucks. can't get rid of me. I you see can't you get at work and me. I see you at home.
0: But she's on TV enough where, like, Catherine Deneuve's character is able to, like, spot her and kind of track her from being on television. And yeah. I think that like, that's when she slowly starts to, like, lose interest in the David Bowie character. David Bowie also has seen her on TV and yeah. goes to her because he thinks that maybe she can, like, stop his rapid aging. Yes.
1: And then he in a really sad scene kills one of the students that that Miriam teaches like a teenage girl but it still doesn't help him so it was for it doesn't help him it was a pointless kill yeah it's like occasionally there's plot thrown into the movie but for the most part it's not super important it also just like I feel like when it gets bogged down in plot it also becomes like not confusing but like I start to question the logic of the world and the lore of it all but
0: oh really I I feel the opposite I felt like this time around I was like more aware of the plot and I liked its gentle hand
1: well I'm glad you liked its gentle Thank hand you. yeah
0: I
2: thought it was really funny when they first sleep together that Susan Sarandon we see her titties right
0: that's a great white that- t-shirt too like if oh if yeah I was, if I was yeah. served that ad on Instagram I'd I'd buy it it's oh my great. God, that,
2: the whole outfit it's was perfect. like, yeah. It's, yeah it's that's outfit. my style, really. <laughs> it's, it's so perfect.
1: She looks it's great. like a pleated
2: pant and a mm-hmm. white t shirt mm-hmm. that you can kind of see the titties in. Her titties mm-hmm. have
1: gotten so much bigger.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. gotten. You've been tracking them?
1: I've been tracking. I have an app to track her titties.
2: <laughs> Do you have a website?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> well, what I
2: really wanted to point out was that she's wearing these. Underwear, but she still has shoes on, which I thought was really interesting. She's oh, taken the pants that. off, but the shoes have remained on. Or that was my main. Them, she
1: put them back on. Yes, maybe
2: Catherine is maybe yeah, Catherine presumably kind of filthy. Yeah, it might be kind of dirty in
1: there. She's like, oh, yeah, that's or Catherine. But Danube I just found it did. so
2: interesting. Yeah. No that pants, is, shoes on.
1: Maybe that's like a kink for Catherine Deneuve. Like she took it all off, and Catherine Deneuve was like, put the shoes back on. Mm.
2: She doesn't like feet, maybe, or she likes feet. Under certain conditions.
1: Yeah. I mean, after 3,000 years, you would think that you pretty much like everything or just at least accept most things, but.
0: Or have tried everything.
1: Yeah, no, he's like that's the one a, where she's like, I'm not into feet actually. Like, it's been three thousand years. I'm willing to like come to terms with the fact that I'm not a foot person, and that's yeah, like, that's okay with me.
2: Three thousand years of sex. I hadn't really thought of it that way. is an interesting thing to think about. Like, what yeah. do you start doing?
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that she's still horny. To be honest, like,
2: yeah, like she what, hasn't gotten over it. I'm she there. seems to just need a variety of people and that's enough. I would think, honestly, I would think you would need more than that for 3,000
0: years, right? Maybe I feel like at a certain needed-
2: point, it's like, well, uh, I think they another do, one. Well,
1: because the whole thing is like the opening scene, which I think is like, besides the sex scene, like the highlight of the movie. I do
0: want to say, this is a titties in the first 10 movie. <laughs>
1: this is, we got titties in the first 10. <laughs> we, that's our...
0: <laughs> it's a stamp. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a barometer. Like, like, <laughs>
0: it's our browser
2: stamp. We
1: got 10 seconds to get titties on screen. Oh God, <laughs> here they are.
2: Or the pizza's I'm... free.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get titties on screen. It's an, it's a great opening. It's a really cool opening. And I think because Tony Scott's coming off of a career like he made short films when he was younger, but like he had only, you know, he's a commercial director. And I feel like he really knows what to do with that opening scene and the sex scene for that matter. They kind of like David Bowie and Catherine New when they're together in the opening, like they kind of go out like as like a weird couple who like hit on you and your partner yeah. and are like, hey, like we like your vibe. Like, do you want to come over? And then they eat them. That's why you don't swing. Don't swing.
0: Or if like the couple's like this attractive, I would be suspicious. <laughs> You're
1: like, way too
0: hot. I, I would think that I was like it was going to be like that OC swingers podcast or something like when pe- like these people also like along with being attractive, they look super rich which to me is a red flag of three ways like you need to fuck people as poor as you if it, if you're the third if you're you look not broke as fuck <laughs> yeah because other because i do think there's like a power dynamic there and they probably had so much time to like accumulate generational like white wealth that like these people are just like fancy both of their accents are like unplaceable because at this point they're from everywhere probably so i would just say red flag no matter like even though they're both fine as hell
1: Vampires right? are clear examples of inherited wealth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, vampires seen,
0: are a
2: class issue, really.
0: That's not actually like outside of like the canon of like viewing vampires with like an academic lens or whatever you want to call it. Like there's been a lot of studies and the times of vampire fiction becomes popular, especially when it originated are times when there's like almost like a depression where the proletariat feels like the bourgeoisie is like literally like sucking on their lifeblood. Right. And that is why that character has to have like a certain kind of dress, a certain kind of accent, a certain kind of affectation. Oftentimes like the proletariat is darker, fe- sure. like picture darker. So, I mean, like I actually don't think that that's wrong. Um, because It comes like, out at
1: the beginning of pretty much the rise of Reagan. Yeah. 80s but I
0: think this, like, I like the amendments that this vampire fiction takes. Like, I do like that, like, once you sire someone, if you get bored of them, they die. That's fucking cool.
1: That would suck. Yeah. It would be like, like
0: every, every piece I gotta of I got to keep this bitch
1: entertained. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like, every piece of vampire fiction has to, like, have its own, like, sliver of, identity you know famously and maybe not the best one but like twilight famously like makes them glow or shimmer you know like things like that it's like it makes it memorable and i do like that not only does it make it memorable but it's like what the movie's like ultimately centered on and it seems to not really care about like the sexual orientation of the Catherine Deneuve character it's just that she's manipulative and horny and i like that yeah, um, it
2: seems um, like vampires can get away with a lot more homosexuality just because they're vampires, right? So it's like this way that we can sneak all this gay stuff yeah. into mainstream minds. Well, there's like a, a longer history of lesbian vampirism.
0: I guess like even Interview with the Vampire is a lot gayer than surrounding blockbusters of the time, too. Like it's like explicitly Oh, yeah yeah sexual yeah. i think they, they just have little bitch fights with each other like they
1: they're like a bickering gay couple with their adopted daughter
0: <laughs> i know it's so see when you describe it like that i want to watch it and then i watch it and i'm like so many slaves are here i can't
1: watch yeah them. there's a lot of slaves in that movie. there's a
0: there's <laughs> oh! a novella
2: there's like a 19th century gothic novella um that i read called carmilla that's about it's a, a lesbian vampire story and it's like this young woman gets I guess, preyed upon by a a vampire named Carmilla. But I, in looking this up that, I mean, I, I have known about this trope and I, that's why I read this book, but I guess it was like a whole, a whole thing in 20th century literature. It was like lesbian vampires.
1: Interesting. There was a piece that this, this writer, Elaine Showalter wrote a book called Sexual Anarchy and talked about, I guess, has a chapter on this movie in it. And the Quote that I could find from it was she said a postmodernist vampire film that casts vampirism in bisexual terms drawing on the tradition of the lesbian vampire contemporary and stylish it also it is also disquieting in it's suggestion that men and women in the 1980s have the same desires the same appetites and the same needs for power money and sex Hmm. I guess you don't really see a lot of it's it's usually men. Or it's like Dracula, the... Queen of Francis, the Damned. The couple, is, Queen, oh, of course, Queen of the Damned.
0: Yeah, you love the soundtrack of Queen of the Damned.
1: You know I do.
0: I mean, not to bring it back to Buffy, but like we knew I would. It's a vampire movie. Like even Angel's <laughs> like <laughs> is sired by oh, yeah, a woman. like Like I think that you're always more scared of Darla than you ever are of like Spiker Angel. Like she is like the, the one that's like almost like irredeemable.
1: Oh well, um, yeah, especially for men. It makes sense that yeah, they would come under the spell of a woman.
0: I want to point to like once... David Bowie starts to kind of like decline at the end of the movie where he's like falling down the stairs and she's like holding him. Yeah. Um, but like, is also like totally repulsed by him. They just look like one of those couples. that's like a 90, do, like old billionaire that like marries like <laughs> a 26 year old. I was like, oh my God, it looks it's, just it's like. It's kind
1: of these- the, the Tilda Swinton Suspiria thing too where I was like, it's starting to look like Johnny Knoxville and Jackass when he has the old man makeup on. Also his head gets so big. Did anyone else notice how big his head Probably got Probably because they have to
0: add a lot of makeup to
1: him. <laughs> no, I know, but like the back of his head, I was like, what the fuck? If I came home and, and this motherfucker's kind of head was that big, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> she um, fell
2: out of love with him so rapidly. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, like, hey, can't, can't look, look big.
0: Yeah. yeah, she's like too cowardly to like, just put him out of his misery, but also cannot keep He also keeps saying, he's, be around he's, yeah,
1: he's like, bitch, kill me, please. This is so fucked up. I need to die. Look at me. And she won't do it. I also laugh so hard when he's crossing the street when he's going back to the house, and that cab almost hits him, and the cab driver just goes fucking stupid old man <laughs> just yeah. Like the guy's so mad at him <laughs> like nobody yells at old people like that in the street yeah. they just accept it they're just like he's old let him cross but this guy's like you're a fucking idiot that's yeah that guy that
0: guy is so rude
1: <laughs> stupid <laughs> also, old I piece of really shit also I don't really why
0: David Bowie just like waited forever for Susan Sarandon like
1: yeah you would think if time is running out the essence
0: you wait with me for four yeah, like, minutes just
1: look at me for five minutes and you're gonna see my hairs falling out yeah, yeah I yeah, she like goes to and her he, assistant. She's he like, just pettily, let him sit for a while. He'll leave. Yeah. And he like <laughs> petty sits
0: there just to be just to like make her feel really bad. And it's like, dude, now you look like shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did anyone else notice he went pee pee when she put him in the coffin? No, he went pee-pee. I have a note that says he go pee-pee. <laughs> I know
0: you have a note that says
1: <laughs> he has a wet spot on his on his crotch when she puts him in on his pants. So I was like, do you I'm think his- he
2: just came?
1: The, he that was his last come. <laughs> <laughs> One more come.
3: No, maybe, maybe it's, it's um, like how when you
0: die, you like your yes, bowel, yeah. yeah, That's exactly what was gonna when say. you're. But I don't.
1: This is it's just it's just slow motion death where it's just he's slowly pissing for the rest of his his no. his life in the coffin. I think a lot of people liked the first part of it more than the second part. Like, it's like, like a lot of people wanted. More. I like both. I think that, yeah, on one hand, I do want Bowie to be in it longer, but I love Katherine Newman and Susan Sarandon together
0: yeah also like Bowie's like not a bad actor or, like musician turned actor but like I no, definitely good. think that the movie needs Susan Sarandon to like give it shape it's like yeah. Catherine Deneuve's performance is like you know she's she's an icy she's like an ice queen she's like one of cinema's best ice queens but that's what she is sure. and David Bowie is like model-esque and like he has a lot of charisma with, without having to do very much but like Susan Sarandon's like reactions to people are like, oh, like way more like lived in and genuine like you kind of need her to be like when yeah. she's on that shitty date after she becomes a vampire where she orders a rare steak yeah. and her fucking stupid boyfriend is like what'd you get that if you weren't gonna eat it and he, she's like i thought i wanted it he's like "Where well, were you all day and she was like this is a waste you. of money yeah he's just being so <laughs> awful he's like you want to know what i think you want and she like is like what do you think like imagine like the way fucking that she's this so like really hot vampire and then having
1: to go to dinner with that guy
0: i know he's complaining, complaining about your steak.
1: Yeah, yeah, she could probably
0: raped. happily
2: buy you a steak. You know, she could probably yeah. buy. She you probably a lot makes steaks. more.
0: She probably out earns him. Like, right? Like, yeah. isn't she? Isn't she the main show? Isn't he like kind of her science roadie? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> He's I'm a roadie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how...
2: I Met her
1: on her book tour, and I never left. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's,
2: she's like, I like this guy because he's there and he makes my life a little worse. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you're really fucking annoying. Yeah, but I, but complain, I need someone to split bad. the rent on this dope ass <laughs> with yeah. me. So yeah, I can't imagine like going to dinner with that guy. And she's just like daydreaming about getting railed by Catherine Deneuve. And it's just like, what? Yeah. And he's like, you're not eating your rare steak. Uh, I, I don't want you hanging out with that to weird feel Icky. Yeah, because uh, it sort of
0: depicts like turning into a vampire as like almost like a detoxing
1: of drugs. She's thirsty. That's what her boyfriend says. Damn, girl, you're thirsty. I love when Susan Sarandon too in the the sex scene when she spills wine on her titty. She literally she says, "Oh no!" <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's very like porny that moment. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the oh no is almost like she knows it's porny and is mm-hmm. like purposely so bad. Good. Yeah. <laughs> like oh no, there's wine on my titty. Guess
2: I'll take the shirt off.
1: Keep your shoes on. <laughs> you, you keep those on the ending doesn't really make any sense
0: it's dope though
1: well, I guess, yeah, the whole thing, I guess, is that the studio forced them to do that ending because they were like, well, what if we want to make a sequel? And Tony Scott was like, why the fuck would you make a sequel to this?
0: Yeah, that, that is
1: wild. <laughs> Susan Sarandon was confused. She was like, yeah, that kind of ruins it. That doesn't make any sense. Why am I still alive? <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I didn't understand the mechanisms of the ending as well. Well,
1: but neither I did, did like, Tony Scott or Susan Sarandon. Okay. So. <laughs>
0: I did like just all the dead lovers.
1: Yes, like. that would be bad. All your all your ex lovers from three thousand years just yeah, that at you is would be sick. fucked up. Yeah, they all smell sick. like pee pee and poo poo because they've just been pissing <laughs> and shitting in their coffins and Ooh, rotting. It's, it's stinky yeah. up here. <laughs> also, apparently, Susan Sarandon said that she had an affair with David Bowie on this movie.
0: Really? And
1: wow. That he was very comfortable with Susan Sarandon and they had like a good friendship and stayed friends, and apparently also sixty nine.
2: she Mm -hmm. said that specifically she wanted that to be known on the record we did a standing
1: 69 it was great
2: (laughs) I had my shoes on yes
1: I guess uh, Stevie Nicks really loves this movie she cited it she said it's one of her favorite moments of David Bowie's career she said it's creepy and strange and amazingly beautiful I guess while shooting it they kept getting the budget cut like they kept cutting the budget and tony scott like didn't understand why and it was his first feature so he was just like frustrated but i guess there was like a day where they had to like shoot in some warehouse and it was apparently really dangerous and so Susan random was talking about it, and she said they pulled some money while we were filming and it was pretty shaky figuring out how to finish the movie we ended up in brooklyn doing pickup shots and in true new york fashion uh Catherine and i were on the floor of this gas garage kissing when the guy when this guy decided he wanted more money for the rental of the garage and ran onto the set with a gun and we're down on the floor. All of a sudden, what? it got light. The doors were open. I didn't understand what was going on. He was telling everybody to get out, grabbing the cameras. So this guy, I guess, ran in with a gun and just started, like, screaming at everybody and started trying to, like, break all the cameras and shit while they were, like, trying to do this. Sexy.
0: that's so fucking weird
1: like i guess everybody else like Ryan and tony scott was like fuck this guy <laughs> like got into a fight with him and uh yeah she said jesus i haven't had that kind of interruption in any other film i've ever done have you seen atlantic city the louis mall movie that she was nominated oh, yeah. for yeah, yeah yeah so i guess the same exact french opera song plays in the scene in atlantic city when susan sarandon is uh washing her titties in the window
0: oh okay there's
1: that famous scene where she's like washing her titties with lemons and she said she said i think the french opera was used to score and i'm very fond of that it's in the film atlantic city when i'm bathing too so i feel like it's my breast theme music <laughs> love susan Sarandon. yeah and she's even better for the way that she's just infuriated so many liberals over the last like it's crazy oh, yeah, how much she really has huh people hate her <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's very unfairly maligned.
1: She still gets like blown up on Twitter. Like anytime something bad happens, like Wait, for B- real, B- yeah, for Roe. Yeah. Wright, B- a bunch of people were like, "Look what happened, you dumb bitch! This is your fault."
0: About Susan Sarandon, yeah, yeah, because she's like it's, left it's of just, center.
1: Susan Sarandon Banger and Bernie are like the. This is because <laughs> of the Banger Sisters. We
0: have to do the Banger Sisters and that like ricky and the flash movie
1: well i would watch ricky and the flash because it's jonathan demme's last movie and it's meryl streep so i'm like yes. i would be open to that the i would banger watch the sisters.
0: banger sisters it's susan we'll do the banger- and goldie we're huh? gonna do
1: the banger sisters <laughs> okay we have to one day like do a series of like random movies that come up on the podcast like the banger <laughs> sisters and pushing tin like movies that nobody oh, we wants have to see to pushing Tin. one day we're gonna do pushing tin though did you know that the director of deb's is remaking this movie why I mean, she is gay, so I guess, you know, fuck, i let her do it. But
0: I mean, like, she's not going to get, like, the funding.
1: No, Wonder Brothers is doing it.
0: Oh, really? Okay, oh, yeah. I just didn't know They big-
1: were trying to make a remake of this for a long time. I guess there was a TV series based off of it that lasted in the late 90s, like, very briefly. And David Bowie, like, narrated the second season of it. Very weird. Yeah. It didn't really have much to do with the movie, but, yeah. But, yeah, they're remaking this. I don't think it's a good idea. Everybody was basically like, you'll never get a cast as hot as the original cast. So why would you even do this?
0: Yeah, why would you even try?
1: I don't know. It's going to be
2: some goofy actors, I feel like. Did Uh, you guys like Willem Dafoe's little cameo?
1: Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about Willem Dafoe's cameo. Love Willem Dafoe's little cameo. Apparently the studio, I don't even know why the studio cared about who played that part, but apparently they didn't want Willem Dafoe to play that part.
0: Because he's weird looking.
1: I don't know, I guess. But even then, like, he was handsome. Like, yeah, yeah, he a yeah cool I think he's look. really
0: handsome.
1: The other guy in that scene is also the main, the other main cop in To Live and Die in L.A. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. And I guess Tony Scott was like, no, nah, I really like this guy. I'm into him.
0: I would like someone to make that t-shirt for me. At all the possible. titty t-shirt? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It has some brand on it.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't? I thought it, it did for some reason.
0: No, I think it's like unbranded. And it's just like a good thread count. And she's obviously like worn it a bunch.
1: It is just a white shirt. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's just a white shirt. It's because it's old. So it's like made well.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Colleagues think that I'm in the office of a leading blood specialist.
3: But I decided instead to come here. Yes. Don't you touch Sarah. What have you done to me? There's some alien strain consuming my blood. That's right. I know that's right. What I want to know is, what is it? Why have you done it? You're frightened. You're damn right I'm frightened.
1: Because it was Tony Scott's first movie, and it was slammed pretty bad by critics at the time, he said, God, the critics slammed me so hard, particularly the British. After I read all the reviews, I was so distraught and upset that I never read another review until Man on Fire. Damn, really? Yeah, I guess he was really confused. He was like, oh, all right. Uh. <laughs> People don't like this shit. He obviously never made another uh, horror movie, so I think this. T- he said this turned him off from horror. He was like, maybe I'm just not a good horror director, so I won't do it. A lot of people compared this movie because it came out the same year as to Flashdance, where it felt more like a vibe and like a music video. Because mm-hmm. um, it does. Because obviously, yeah, they're both commercial directors. They're both really like smoky, glossy, erotic vibes. This movie has a 53 percent, 66 percent audience score. Yeah, obviously, it's a huge like cult movie now. It has a big- yeah following roger ebert really did not like this movie he gave it one and a half stars he said the hunger is an agonizingly bad vampire movie Whoa. circling around an exquisitely effective sex scene
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mentioned the scene so prominently because it's one of the few scenes that really works in the hunger a movie that has been so ruthlessly overproduced that it's all flash and style and no story well there's probably a story moping about somewhere within all the set decoration. TV Guide magazine said a slick, largely empty visual exercise with vague thematic overtones about a clash between American and European culture. The new Sarandon sex scene, however, is not to be missed. <laughs> wow. Every critic. It's a, I don't original like the original Cruel
0: Intentions kiss.
1: It's not good, but there's titty in the first ten. <laughs> <laughs> Gonzalez Slate said Scott's film scarcely has its pulse on the encroaching conservatism of the nation. In the end, it's just a shallow lesbian fantasy so aggressively spit and polished as to suggest a 96 minute white diamonds commercial. Of course, that's not to say that it isn't fun. Okay, uh, the Chicago Reader called it Tony. This, this is this movie's Tony, you don't really hear that too much anymore. Mm-mm. They said, uh, this Tony 1983 horror film plays like an anthology of the most annoying manners of the British manners directors. Tony Scott combines His brother Ridley's penchant for smoky, unreadable images with Nicholas Rogues, pointlessly elliptical editing, and slugs in a little of Ken Russell's sexual hysteria for good measure. The obsessive conjunction of lesbian sex and flowing blood suggests a deep-seated misogyny, but neither this nor any other theme is registered with enough clarity to offend. I don't see anything misogynistic about this movie. Personally, obviously I'm not.
0: Yeah, I mean... Like, I definitely think her cuck boyfriend is a misogynist, but I think that the movie knows that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think Tony Scott knows he's a bitch.
0: I think this is, like, the era of, like, if it shows tits, if it shows, like, female nudity, like, critics, it's, like, an easy thing to call it, like, sexist. Yeah, they
2: should have had David Bowie show some parts, too.
1: Yeah. She should have had to take his pants off when he was old. Mm -hmm. One positive review from Jay Scott in the Globe and Mail. He said the stars are of the first magnitude, the direction sharp as a scalpel. The premise, vampirism, sands, fangs, garlic, and other trans- Transylvanian paraphernalia is only semi-silly, and the visuals are suitable for exhibition in a gallery specializing in high-gloss S&M. Nice. I think it's weird that this movie was released in April. I don't really know what the thinking was behind that, like... This is, this is a I mean, fault. This is a fall movie. This is a fall yeah. movie. Yeah,
0: come on. But it's not explicitly like a horror movie necessarily. I no, don't even I know, know if they say the word vampire,
1: they don't. They famously do not ever say the word vampire in this movie. Yeah. Also, shout out to Dan Hidea as the uh, cop. Oh yeah, I noticed that. You sure there's no dead kids in you? Kind of a pointless part, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. okay. doesn't um, matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's
2: not. It doesn't matter.
1: Who's everyone's MVP? Susan.
2: It's got to be Susan.
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah. And the ditties.
2: I was I was gonna say that, but I don't want to be accused of misogyny. It's okay. I get I'm, accused I'm of it every week Susan by our the fans. the <laughs> Your Sorry. hate keeps me alive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess it's Susan, yeah. Yeah. I think it looks fucking great though. Yeah, like, it does. I think it's a really it's Stephen Goldblatt who shot Batman Forever.
0: Mm, another another that makes
1: sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: oh, whoa, really?
1: Oh, nice. oh, oh that oh, does yeah.
0: make sense. Yes. Oh, don't do that.
1: Don't do that. No. Uh, don't do that. Yeah, this was one of his first features, and then he worked with Coppola after that. And then he shot the Lethal Weapon movies. He shot the Pelican Brief. Yeah, he shot Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. So he's done a lot of queer movies. Recently, he did The Help. Oh, classic! I used to shoot titties. <laughs>
2: Um, now I'm shooting racial propaganda. <laughs>
1: now I'm yeah, working with Tate Jesus. Taylor. I'm going to go ahead and say that The Hunger's a cult classic. Cold classic yeah. I think it's a cult classic, man. Mm-hmm. It's a cool movie. It's a great midnight movie. It's showing in L.A. a bunch of times uh, this next month. It's showing at the New Art and yeah. it's showing at the Arrow and the Los Feliz 3. So if you haven't seen Ugh. it and you want to see it on the big screen, the there's Los some Los 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 options Los for you. Now's
0: your yeah. shot. Also, for those people listening to us, our audience, it's yeah. it's on HBO Max.
1: So, it is on HBO Max like, as well. Next week, we're going to be talking about a movie I have never seen and I'm very excited to see. Robert Zemeckis' Death oh Becomes God. Her with Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis. And
0: Bruce Willis, baby. He's the bad. He's like maybe the most discussed actor on this podcast, weirdly.
1: Right now he is, yeah. He's he hot. Is. Bruce Willis yeah. is hot right now. Bruce Willis um, is
0: hot. Is it amazing. the only horror comedy, too, for this For month, this month? I feel like, yeah.
1: No, I'm excited to see it. I've always wanted to see it. It was one that I was saving for marriage. And now I finally, I finally get to do it. Uh, (laughs) Death Becomes Her, which is streaming on Showtime. If you'd like to keep up with us. We have to say goodbye to Casey. Goodbye. Say it. Goodbye.
0: Casey. We miss you.
1: Casey, where can people find you on the internet?
2: My handle is my first and last name.
1: K-A-Y-C-E-E-F-E-L-T-O-N-L-U-I. Is that right? It's one of those things where you start spelling it out and you're like, Am I spelling it right? Yeah, I know how to spell your name.
2: That would actually cause me a (laughs) bit of personal crisis.
1: I didn't know how to spell your name.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that would be really fucked up.
1: (laughs) That's a good question.
0: I think I assume that most of my friends can't spell my last name. I know how to
1: spell your fucking name. You do? Yeah, 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 yeah. I spell your name. I know your name. I know who you are. If you're listening, you're listening on Patreon, and we thank you for being a dedicated patron every month, for loving mm-hmm. us and supporting us. You guys are so beautiful. And please tell your friends about us. Yeah, get some people hooked on us. Get some people uh, hooked we on want us. people it for us. Yeah, this is going to be a fun month, so it's definitely a good time to, to sign up. We're going to be talking about, like we said, Death Becomes Her. We will be talking about...
0: Event Horizon?
1: Event Horizon, uh, a movie that horrified me uh, when I was a child. We will be talking about John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. We are going to be talking about Two movies by Mr. Zombie, Mr. Rob Zombie, mm. um, The Devil's Rejects, and Halloween Two. We're going to be talking about the Unfriended series in our bonus episode. Two underrated. Those are fresh. They're barely fresh. There are barely yes. fresh episodes this month. They're a good time. You get to see a man put his hand in a blender, and yeah. yeah,
2: it's a good movie though. <laughs>
1: They're both good. They're both good movies. Yeah, um, very underrated. Yeah, and we will also be talking about. God, the last time we'll be able to talk about Paul Verhoeven, and we're going to be talking about uh, his last American movie, and probably the last time that a studio let a rapist be the protagonist of a movie, and that is a movie called Hollow Man, the most realistic depiction of what a man would do if he could be invisible, which is rape his neighbor and kill his colleagues. Oliver was like, what? That's probably what they would do, right? And the studio was like, oh my God.
2: <laughs> That's toxic masculinity, folks.
1: Oliver yep. Hovind's like, what? This is realistic. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about that one. So join us for all those episodes and so much more. There's so much more coming. Sign up. Tell your friends. Follow us on the internet. Follow Casey. Yeah. She's going to be doing the astrology. She's going to be writing. She's going to post pictures of her daughter. And that's worth it. Thank you for listening. Thank right, you, Courtney? Yes. Yeah. Say thank you.
0: Thank you, everybody. I'm saying
1: thank you. it. Thank, thank you. White on white, trying to do some black case. Back on the rack.
2: The little goose is dead. The bats have left the bell tower. The, the, the victims have been bled by velvet lines. The black box. Bella
1: Goose is dead Bella Goose is dead